Grab a front row seat to the untold stories as we talk about how to live life on your terms. You're officially part of the inner circle. Welcome to Courtside with Courtney. And don't worry, I comped your ticket. Welcome back to episode two of Courtside with Courtney. I am beyond excited about this episode, you guys. I've always been the girl that my friends come to for advice. Whether it's beauty or a guy, whatever it is, I'm always the one that gets that late night call from my friends asking what the hell they're supposed to do in a situation. But you know what? A girl has needs. I have needs too. (laughs) So who do I go to in my time of needs? When I really want advice, when I need a different perspective, a good sounding board, for me, it's the inner circle of people that I have curated in my life. You guys had the privilege of listening to my mom last episode. And today for episode number two, I want to introduce you guys to one of my good friends, Allie, who we are going to have an amazing conversation today. I'm excited. I cannot wait for this. Allie is also the producer of Courtside with Courtney, which has been such a joy. So fun to work together. But Allie is one of the people that I talk to when I need advice, I think because our perspectives are very different. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. The dynamic. I think it's like sugar and spice. Yeah. We like the same results. Mm -hmm. We have a little bit of a different approach on how we get there. I I also feel like having someone who you can bat off of that has that like different perspective than you is so healthy because it's great to have both. Definitely. And I think the whole sugar and spice dynamic is important because we both have both sides. Yeah. But mine tends to come out. I have to, I have to try harder to be in my feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's with work or whatever else I have going on, or just because of past traumas, things I've dealt with. It's easy for me to go into my masculine, like need to make shit happen, be very direct and straightforward energy. And so I have worked for the past couple of years on sort of pulling back and sitting back, attracting things, not forcing, not being the person that's really on the front lines. Mm -hmm. Like I really try to pull back and I think you're good at getting what you want (laughs) through being sweet. I think that in a relationship, men like to feel like they're like holding the reins, you know, they want to feel very masculine and it's important to put your feminine energy out there in the right ways at the right time to make them feel like they're in control. Even though like we all know (laughs) they're not like, but we need to, we need to trick them a little bit. Yeah. I like to say that you're like the guru of getting what you want with a little feminine energy and a lot of intention because it is all intentional. Yes. You definitely have a very spicy side, but you have learned over the years how to teach a man to fish, if you will. Really lead lead him to water. We're mixing analogies now. Yeah, I think that intentionality is so important in a relationship. And also I just feel like It's not necessarily about like grooming a man to be what you want him to be. It's about giving him your expectations and giving him the opportunity to step up to meet those expectations. Or not. And then how to handle that if he he doesn't. Right. Exactly. Well, if you give someone an opportunity to step up and they don't, then you know what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're listening to the intro of this episode right now, you maybe you're married or you're in a good relationship and you might think that this one's not for you. I promise it will be. We're going to give a lot of tangible takeaways, whether you're first dating someone, you're in the talking stages in the very beginning, 
or you're in a full-blown marriage and you're committed and you've been in it for years, it's still really important to date your spouse, to be flirty, to be feminine, to take those moments and really communicate well and still continue to set intentions because the reality is people change. Mm Mm-hmm. And evolve. And I think that's really beautiful. But if you don't evolve alongside each other, Mm -hmm. everything can fall apart. It's constant growth. And it's like, it is both of you stepping up. And your mom said it best in the first episode. There does take compromise in relationships, but you can't expect someone to grow with you if you aren't telling them where you want to grow. Yeah. Just being really upfront about your intentions, but doing it in a way that's easily digestible. Yeah which is what I think that you're good at. Cause I tend to be a little rougher around the edges. And I'm like, if you can't hack it, you're out. I mean, a lot of times when you're too intense, it can be very scary for a man. Yeah. And like, obviously if a man can't handle you, like he's got to go. Mm-hmm. But if you do it in a sweet way and like save that spice for the times that they're like really fucking up. Yeah, that's true. Really bring the hammer when you need to. That's when you bring in the (laughs) hammer. Like, I I feel like there's a good balance. Like there's a time and place for both. And I think that's kind of what we're going to get into today. I agree. So Ali, you have been dating your current boyfriend, Ryan, who's also a friend of mine for three years, officially for three years, right? Uh, Officially like two and a half. Okay. So we're going to get into everything, but so that's where she's coming from. Obviously you guys know I have been married, divorced, currently single. Um, But let's kind of start and take people through all the phases of a relationship, Mm -hmm. ending committed and on that end of the spectrum. But let's really start in the early stages of dating someone. I want to talk about not being exclusive. You're just talking. Things are starting out. Maybe you're texting. I want to talk about dating apps, like how to be intentional. Let's really get into the nitty gritty of some things people can do to set those intentions with someone that they're potentially interested in, in the early stages of talking. Yeah. I mean, I think let's start from like square one. Okay. We were talking about it a little bit earlier about if you think someone is attractive, what you should do. This is you guys have not had any contact yet. I think that it's okay to be intentional about who you want to even invite into your space. When I was single, if men were coming up to me and talking to to me in the bar or like, just like making a move, I would automatically like walls are up because I just don't know what to expect. So much of the time, like that ends up being a creeper. If someone comes to approach you rather than you. Rather than I approach them. them. Yeah. You like the power move. I feel like that's a, that's a power move. I think having power the whole time is important and allowing the man to think that he has the power in certain moments is really important, but like that kind of is what gives you power. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, definitely. So we were talking about dating apps earlier and I was saying that one of the things that worked really well for me when I was single was instead of messaging someone on a dating app or like waiting them for them to message me going off the dating app, messaging them on Instagram and seeing where it goes. It just stands out so much. It shows that you're confident. It shows that you have power. It's just like a really hot move. Here's where I'm at with all this guys. Like sometimes I think, let me be intentional about how I present that information because obviously quickly someone's going to realize that I am a public person. I live a pretty public life. We have a podcast now. We've got a brand. We have social media, TikTok, Instagram, all the things. And that can be intimidating. Totally. But I think there's a fine line between letting someone digest that information in a way that is easy for them to consume versus like just throwing it at them and being like, yeah, this is me. 
But also you have those people that if they can't hack it, they can't hack it. And if that's going to be intimidating for them and a problem, I'd rather know early on. Yeah. That's something that you're going to have to get to eventually. I would almost say my fear would be that someone would see that and like put on a, like a a face. Like a- From the beginning. Like me for that purpose. Yeah. Or be interested in me for the wrong reasons. Exactly. I think that you have a lot of different things that you need to consider when you're first starting to date someone than, you know, I did when I was dating. Yeah. You have done a really great job with dating people that you're meeting in person. That kind of has been happening lately. I feel like I'll meet people. kind of the way. IRL. Yeah. I think I've only really dated one person, I would say, that I thought liked my job a little too much. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) We actually met when I was dating my ex at the time. I think from every situation, every ex-boyfriend's got to garner something good. This one actually brought a lot of really good friendships. So I'm grateful for that. But that's really the only time I genuinely feel like I've encountered someone that wanted to be in front of the camera a little too much. Yeah. They never got... Which is, which is so good. But I do think that like meeting people IRL for you is such a great Mm -hmm. way for it to happen. But like we were talking about, you know, this guy that you think you thought was hot when you were at a restaurant and, (laughs) and you were like, I, I want him to make the move because yesterday guys for context. Yeah. And you're like, I want him to make the move because I just like that assertion. Yeah. Whereas for me, I would prefer to like go up and like have the power from the beginning and be intentional about the people that I'm even letting into my space. So for example, I'll tell you guys what happened. So I was at lunch with Natalie. We were with her dog, Rocco. So cute. And Rocco is, I was going to say a trick magnet, but Rocco's a guy magnet. Rocco is a people magnet. Honestly, he just is like the easiest end for people to come say hi, which has been kind of funny. Cause I think if a man would typically be intimidated, it's a really easy way for them to say, Oh my gosh, the dog is so cute. Can I come say hi to the dog? So we're sitting down at lunch. Fajitas come out. They're piping hot. If you saw my Instagram story, you probably know the exact moment I'm talking about. This guy sits down at a table kind of across from Natalie and I, and I immediately turned to her and I'm like, that guy is hot. Like that man is so good looking and he looks over, we make eye contact a couple of times. I notice it takes them a while to get their drinks mm-hmm. upstairs at the mar- their margaritas that they had ordered. So I was toying with the idea of making a joke. They were kind of far away. So if I was going to say something to them, it would have had to either gotten up and walked over there or full blown said like, excuse me. <laughs> Hi. Um, and so I was waiting until the end and Natalie was like, go over there. He's so cute. And I was like, no, I'm not going over there. Like if he sees me, He notices and he's not going to come over and say something. I'm not going to be like the one to make the first move because I think I have previously viewed that the waiting and like sitting back as a little bit more feminine. I do think that it is more feminine to wait and sit back. Yeah. So again, this is all about the balance of knowing when to pull what's trigger, like knowing when to be feminine, knowing when to step up, when to take control, when to let him have control or think he has control. But for me, that was a moment where I kind of wanted to play it out and see what he was going to say. So we end up getting up at the end of lunch and Rocco runs over and, and he looks up and he's like, I've been wanting to pet your dog all lunch. Like, can we, can I say hi to your dog? And we said, sure, of course. And then he went into the, Oh, what's your name? Like, are you, do you guys live here? And we ended up having a good little conversation. So he made the move. He made the move. Yeah. Got my number. Which is so good. Good for him. I think that to your point, it is that balance of like knowing when it's good to be 
in your masculine energy. And I feel like it is always a good idea. It's always going to be positive for you in relationships when you are open about like the attraction that you have to someone. And I feel like at the beginning, when you're like making that intro, it's just such a bold move that guys are not used to. So it ends up catching their attention in a good way, probably making you stand out. So let's get some actual DMs or like So let's go back to this guy, this one time that I did it on social media. Um, This guy was on, I think, Hinge or Bumble, so hot. And I was like, he's a lawyer, he's hot. Like, there's no way he's real. I'm being catfished. I'm a little bit nervous. So I decided to go find his Instagram and just see if this guy is real or not. And when I went back to Hinge, he was no longer there. And I was like, well, shit, I like he's real. And I know this now. I like also looked him up on Google, like found where he works, like so like doing the most. And I was like, okay, I can either just like let it pass or I can slide into the DM. So I did. I just like messaged him and I was like, hey, saw you on Bumble. Think you're really cute and lost your profile. So hi. So say his profile was still there. Yeah. I think that's more of a rare occasion. Yeah. Someone's say I match with somebody on Hinge, whatever, Raya, you don't feel like messaging them on there or you don't want to wait for them to message you. You're going to go and slide into the DMs. And that isn't the case. Their profile is still up. What mm-hmm. would you say? Hey, just saw you. I think you're really cute. I think you're really cute. Like, are you leaving it there or are you asking a question? No, leave it there. Okay, because now they're having to come back and choose to say. The ball is in their court. And like, I think all of this is about a little give so you can take. And I think like giving that compliment is such a, it's just sexy and confident. And then you put it in their hands too. The reason that I really like what you just said is that there's a huge difference between just putting a statement out there Mm -hmm. and letting it lie. I think that's really confident rather than going in and making the move in the sense that you're asking them out. You're not asking them out. Mm -hmm. You're just simply saying, I think you're really cute. And then now they have to come back and say, I think you're really cute too. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do everything. Yeah. What are you doing this week? Like if in it, then at that point, if they can't make the move, then they're not going to likely be you know, what you want, but you're just sort of putting out there, Hey, I'm interested in you Mm -hmm. and allowing them, you're giving them the space to now still come forward to you, but you're giving them the green flag. Imagine I said, Hey, you're really cute. Like let's go get a drink. And he doesn't respond, you know, like just saying, Hey, you're really cute. Just kind of leaves it at a very neutral ground. Like you're making the intro, but I just feel like not responding to a question like that would be a lot more of a sting than like not responding to, Hey, you're really cute. So anyways, I re I DM'd this guy and we were going back and forth for a while. And then I kind of got nervous that he was a serial killer and I just ghosted him. I'd never responded. And six months later, this guy slides into the DM and he's like, Hey, are you still interested? I would love to take you out. So it it is that I had made that effort and it stood out in a way that other girls on social or on the dating apps are not standing out because they're not making that extra move, especially at the beginning of a relationship. Like you need to do 
things that are out of the box. For me too, being rejected isn't scary. Mm -hmm. I think what's scarier for me is the idea of not putting yourself out there, not potentially finding that person, not putting yourself out there and getting rejected. Because the bottom line is if you do put yourself in a situation, someone doesn't respond how you want them to, maybe they don't feel the same way about you, whether you're you're dating and you're farther down the line, it's been a couple of dates or it's just that initial attraction. It's there. It's not there. Getting rejected. Who gives a shit? Because you're weeding somebody out. Yeah. That person wasn't for you. That's fine. Yeah. To me, it's a lot scarier to not put yourself out there and end up in a situation where you either have regret. Like that's not a regret for me. You either yeah. have regret or you don't know, you know, maybe what would have happened had you said something, just kind of go for it and then let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, when you're playing the field, not everything is gonna be a goal. So the early stages, dating, you're texting, now you've expressed interest in someone, it's really gonna be easy to see if they can hack it or not. Because from the beginning, now they're gonna, they have the ball and they're gonna either kick it back to you or they're just going to let it sit there. If they let it sit there, it's okay. You know, hey, this isn't for me. Yeah. On to the next. Well, th- and this just came into my mind, just thinking about this guy specifically. We ended up going on a date to Nobu. And after- fancy first date. Very fancy first date. Loved it. I love being wined and dined. But one of the expectations that I put out there very early on when I'm seeing someone is, I don't sleep around. Like, I'm not going to sleep with you. I- just, I know myself. And if I do, then I'm going to get in my head. So I don't to protect myself. And this guy was very aggressive and did not like it when I didn't sleep with him after Nobu. Major red flag. Major red flag. Yeah. Damn. So like, I just believe fully. And like, I think that that's a so really good too, by the way, like, like so, so, gross. so gross. So gross. So entitled. Hey, like I took you to this really nice date. Now you need to give me something like that's disgusting. Like, am I a prostitute? No, no, Hard no, no. So how did you have that conversation on the date? Let's talk about that. Like, how do you set that expectation so that you don't end up in a bad situation? Because I do think it's easy to weed people out when you set that expectation and then you watch how they react to it. I say that a lot, especially over on TikTok. It's not my job to tell someone how to react or to form or mold someone's reaction. It is my job to watch them and then decide how I feel about that. Totally. You know, I think that I could have played it better and just said it while we were on the date, while we were at Nobu, but I actually went back to his apartment with him and we were just having a drink. And when he started making the move, I was like, hey, I'm like, not sleeping here tonight. Like I'm not ready to do that. And he was like, well, I need to know early on if I'm sexually compatible with someone. I'm like, well, what a weird excuse. That's a, it's a little bit too early for me. So date one, sir. Yeah. So I just feel like really putting it out there from the beginning, what your expectations are is so important. Do you wait to sleep with someone until you're exclusive or do you wait to sleep with them until you just feel comfortable, like at whatever point that is for you. Comfortable. Okay. So it's not like you're waiting until the person is your boyfriend per se, but Mm -hmm. obviously you do not know this man. Yeah. And I think that for everyone, it's different. Like it might be we're exclusive or you're my boyfriend for someone else. Like I've felt comfortable with guys in other ways. Like it hasn't had to be that. Yeah. But I have always made them wait for 
an extended period of time. And if they weren't willing to wait, then. And put in the work. Yeah. And put in the work. It's also interesting when it comes to eliminating people because you can pretty early on see if that's what they're here for. Yeah. It's a good little test. Yeah. So I think that that's a really good way at the beginning to set down your expectations and see if someone's like actually really interested in you. It ends up happening though, where he made the move. Mm -hmm. You had to shut it down by setting the expectation in hindsight or going forward, like as far as advice that you could give to someone else, would you be the person to go ahead and say that up front? Or would you wait until they tried something and then set the expectation like you're saying? I have done it up front. Okay. How did that look for you when you did? Very good. (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) Oh, well, I'm just thinking like in college when there would be guys, because I've been in this relationship for three years and I only dated a few guys. Like I was still seeing guys from college once I graduated. So really my experience in the dating field were I would tell guys when we would be dancing, I would be like, you know, I'm not going home with you. That's not the way that I do things. And then it would be them chasing after me. It's kind of fun though, too. And I feel like it immediately relieves the pressure. Totally. Because now you're not sitting here wondering like, what are they thinking? Are they going to try to do this? It's just, you've set the expectation. Hey, don't do this. And by the way, too, I want to say, because we touched on this a little bit in another episode that I filmed, whenever you want to sleep with someone is completely your prerogative. You could wait till marriage. You could sleep with them on the first date. I don't give a fuck. Like, do you? I think we're just, I want to clarify that we're just having a conversation about what works for me, what works for you. Totally. So I don't want anyone to feel like they're doing it too soon or they're waiting too long or you do whatever is in your comfort level. Yes. This is just a conversation. And I think that about what we feel that word there is like the most important. It's when you're feeling comfortable, like with my current boyfriend, we were friends for like four or five years before we ever hooked up. But the first night that we ever like went on a date, we did, you know? So I think that it's just really feeling out, you know, yourself, you know, how you're going to handle a certain situation. And if you want to have fun, have fun. Totally. I think too, what you said is interesting though, because when you're dating someone with intention Mm -hmm. or when you want to date and find a partner, you're looking for that. You do that a little differently. If you're just out and you're having fun, that's one thing. But you said essentially that you knew you're going to get in your own head. Mm-hmm. So if you're not actually interested in someone getting in your own head is a, doesn't matter. Doesn't happen. Really? Mm-hmm. And doesn't happen because you're not sitting there wondering when they're going to text you and how you're going to have that date. So it also could change person like for you, depending on where you're at. Yeah. So you're in these talking stages. I love the idea of making a move, but doing it in a way that is you're still putting the ball in their court. You're yeah. still allowing them to be masculine come towards you. It's still feminine, but you're giving them a little something. I think too, we underestimate two things. One, how simple men are. They really are. And two, and we love that for them. Yeah. And two, how intimidating we as women can be. Totally. So allowing some or just giving someone like a little, a little crumb of the cookie and saying, Hey, I think you're really cute is cool Mm -hmm. because you're saying, Hey, I'm interested, but they still have to come to you and make the move. Mm -hmm. My mom always says, and this is like, in career wise or like with a podcast, she's like, for the, the reel that you're putting out there, you need to give them maybe 20% so that they come back for the other 80% of the episode. And I think the same can be true in dating. Like, I think that you need to give them a little bit of something 
in order for them to keep coming back and keep trying. So speaking of coming back and keeping trying, how can people continue the momentum? And when you are at a point where you have established that you're interested in someone, you've been talking to them for a little while now, maybe you've gone on a couple of dates and you want to really keep that momentum going. You need to give them a nudge though, because maybe they're not taking the kind of, they're not being as assertive as you want, or they're not taking the kind of initiative that you're looking for. You need a little more. Mm -hmm. What do you suggest doing in that situation? I think that there are a lot of really sweet ways that you can kind of just like nudge someone like, okay, let's say you went on a first date. You really enjoyed it, but the guy is not like going out of his way to plan another date. You know, maybe he's saying he wants to see you again, but he hasn't told you how he wants to see you or what he wants to do. And you're like waiting for him to plan it again. I think you can say like, if he's like, yeah, I'd love to see you on Wednesday. Be like, perfect. I can't wait. I had so much fun on our first date. You did such a great job planning it. I would love for you to plan this one too. That's such a good, I want to underline what she just said, you guys, because it's such a good way to essentially say, hey, I would love to go out with you on Wednesday, but where, when, like, dude, Yo, you need to give me more info like hello yeah rather than coming off like that to where you're like wow whoa like chill like she's so intense it's just hey you did such a good job of this I really loved that you did that I would absolutely love it if you could do it again because you're complimenting them but you're still setting an expectation and hopefully getting what you want Ryan always says that like a compliment sandwich is so important like you start with a compliment and then you stick in whether it's like a critique or an expectation And then you end it with another compliment and like all people are going to, they're going to see the expectation and the the critique, but it's going to still feel good because it started with a compliment and it ended with a compliment. And it's just such a good tactic to get what you want. So if you're at that same point though, and the guy hasn't, maybe he's just texting, Hey, how's your day? How's it going? Thinking about you, but he hasn't initiated another hangout. Mm -hmm. What would you say then? Because I have thoughts on this. I think it depends on where your comfort level is at. I think if you really want to see them again, there's nothing wrong with you saying, hey, I'm free on, you know, Friday or hey, I would love to see you again this week. But I think that for you, for instance, like you really want the guy to like show up and make that effort and you don't want to have to nudge them to do that. I think too, I try to do a good job of saying I do in other ways. Like I would say like, oh, how's your week going? They'll respond What yeah. about your week. Oh, it's good. You know, I'm really busy with, at, with work this week, but my nights are pretty chill. That's such an easy door for someone to say, oh, great. Well, I was actually hoping that I could take you to dinner on Tuesday. Are you free? Yeah. If you make a statement like that and they're like, oh yeah, cool. Same. Me, me too. My nights are also chill. Just, I'm going to watch a movie tonight. You're like, they're just not getting it. Hey, like if they're not getting it, like I can't help you. Yeah. And I think that like this entire episode is about setting down the expectations so that you know whether that person is going to get it or not. So I think that to me, that's the whole like expectations. How do you set healthy, these like feminine expectations in a way that feels soft and almost like flirty and complimentary Mm -hmm. versus having to full-blown teach someone how to be a man, like having to groom someone in a way where you're, you're like, look, like you're not getting the job done. Here's what it is. Cause again, I'm not in the business 
of figuring it out for you. If you can't figure it out, you're out. Yeah. So I think there's a whole conversation that I want to have with you surrounding like, where's the line of I'm setting my expectation in a kind and really communicative, open, like feminine flirty way versus Climbing. now I'm, I'm having to pull out of you what I need and you're not, you're missing the mark. If you're setting an expectation and someone's not meeting it and it's in the early stages, it's not going to go anywhere. They're not going to magically learn how to meet it later. They're not going to learn how to meet it. Like all you can do is set down the expectation of what you're looking for. And if that person is not like willing to meet you, then they're never going to be. And I think that that's a blessing that you're learning that lesson very early on because you don't have to waste your time. Like a lot of people are scared to have these conversations and set the expectations because they're scared of losing an opportunity. But I think that we need to remember how many people are out there in the world. And if someone is not willing to meet you in the middle and like meet those expectations, they're doing you a favor. Because I also they're never think going it's to such a future red flag. Yeah. I think if you have to pull things out of someone and you're constantly having to tell them they're not meeting the mark and you wish they would do this instead, if, if they're doing that in the really early stages, that's likely just going to continue and it's probably just not a compatibility match. I think that what's really interesting to me is that someone could feel like they're giving you their all mm-hmm. and maybe that is their all, mm-hmm. but maybe their all isn't enough for you. And that's also okay. There's so much talk around just all the like base level things like someone's job and are they attractive and are they kind? And those are just basic ass like requirements for me, but you have a whole piece of the puzzle. That's just compatibility. Yeah. If you're even in friendships, if your expectation of me as your good friend is text you 17 times a day, that could be totally different than text you once a week check in once a week. And it's not that one is bad and one is good. It's just, we wouldn't be compatible totally because our expectations would be different. So it's like, you're, you're asking to be let down or, or you're, you're asking to like, not feel like someone is meeting, meeting you where you are. Totally. But someone could be like, I have dated people that felt like they were giving me their all out like Olympic sprint best. Like they're really fucking in there. And they're like, I'm doing everything. Yeah. I'm being so intentional. And I'm like, bro, you are at like a three. <laughs> like we need you at an eight, which is okay. Like there's going to be someone who like is looking for that, but it's just not me. Exactly. So it's not, and it's not negative. And yeah. the person that I'm referring to in this situation, we actually had a really great relationship and it and ended amicably. It just wasn't what I was looking for. We weren't compatible and that's okay. Yeah. But not enough people talk about compatibility because they're their version of a 10 could feel like a four to you mm-hmm. and and they're not wrong and you're not wrong, but it's just not compatible. It, it could probably go back to love languages too. Like how you receive love. Maybe someone's constantly doing things like little gifts and writing you notes, but really you need quality time mm-hmm. and they're never there because they don't live there. There's a hundred examples I can think of, but you could still be what I like to call almost like parallel communicating with someone where they're really, really trying and it's not landing Mm -hmm. or vice versa, where you're really trying and it's not landing because that's not how they receive love. They're just not compatible. I also want to go back to what you said about the difference between like, okay, yeah, the person's job is great. They're really handsome. Like I think earlier we were talking about intentionality at the very beginning. And I think the intentionality is in that it's 
making sure that these things are like checking off the boxes of what you're looking for. Like someone who has a job that they're really passionate about, someone who is really handsome that you feel very attractive to. Like those are the things that you can be intentional about at the very beginning. And then once you get to, you've gone on a few dates, it is like these type of compatibility lessons that are really important to look for. I like to be really upfront with people very early on too, when it comes to things like the fact that I'm a mom yeah, and I've been divorced, but those things are integral parts of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if you didn't view that being a mom as a positive, you weren't open to it, you would immediately be out again, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to waste time on someone that isn't here for that. Mm -hmm. So I think anytime you can set an expectation early on, it's always going to be a good thing because you do end up sort of sifting through people quickly. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually had issues with that, to be honest. But in general, I think setting those expectations early on is always really positive as long as you're doing it in a constructive way. Yeah. Like that's easy for them to receive. Definitely. Say you're someone that really likes a good morning text and they're texting you. They've kind of gotten to a point where they're texting you 3 p.m. every day. This is a totally random example. Would you straight up say like, hey, I really love a good morning text. Or would you find some like roundabout way to... I would do it in a roundabout way, but like also straight to the point. Okay, give it to me. I would make a little joke. I would be like, okay, let's say it's 5 p.m. I would be like, I can't wait for the good morning text tomorrow. Just kind of being like a little silly about it. Just a little little silly. Like I can't wait for the good morning text tomorrow. It always makes me feel so good, you know? And then he's like, shit, I haven't been doing that. Yeah, like I, with... Ryan, when we first started dating, I would always do like little seeds like that. When we started dating, we were long distance. So we would like FaceTime every night. And I would just be like, I can't wait till we live in the same area and you can just bring me flowers on a Wednesday. He's like, check. Okay. I have to, I have to bring flowers on a Wednesday. And now I get flowers on like random Wednesdays. I love that. Anything else that you did like that, that was specific that you now see like coming to fruition? Definitely the flowers is a big one. I think that with dates, it's been one that has been like a constant, like we're working on like him being really intentional about the way that he plans dates. And it's like, not even you just have to take me out to a restaurant. It's like, I love going around and driving through really cute neighborhoods that I want us to live in one day. And it's like, we get out of the gym and he will just take me on a random, you know, detour down the neighborhood so we can look at houses, you know, and just being really intentional about like saying the things that I love. And then when he does it, being really appreciative, like overly appreciative, like, like you have to almost treat men like kids, you know, they really need that like positive affirmation when they do something. Cause they're going to relate the feeling of like that compliment to you and to that action. And they're going to continue to do it. And really how you make them feel. What's that quote? People often forget like what you said, but they always remember how you make them feel. It's that. Yeah. It's like, wow, when I did this, she really liked it. Let me do it again. Yeah. It made me feel good because she told me she really liked it. Kind of like giving a dog a treat, you know, after it goes outside to go potty, you know? Ryan likes his pup cup. He (laughs) is. Pup whip from Starbucks. (laughs) Now we're in the nitty gritty of you're dating someone. We're keeping the communication open. I think it's so important to date your spouse or you do end up growing apart oftentimes. 
something that has been so huge in my relationship is just like, we're talking about a lot of the cutesy ways that you can get ahead of the expectation thing by like setting down what you want. But I also think that there are like intentional actions that you and your partner can take together without it just being the female being like, Oh, cutesy. Like I want you to do this. You're You're doing doing great, sweetie. Yeah. Like, Oh, I love it when you braid my hair, whatever, you know, but like, if it's you and your partner need to be open with communication, you know, none of this is going to work if your partner is not open to communicating with you. And if your partner is not looking for what you're looking for. Totally. So I think that like, I'm just going to put this out there. All of this has worked really well for my relationship because my partner is really emotionally intelligent. He's pretty smart. Like he might miss some things without me saying it, but when I put the expectations out there, he's really good at meeting them. But this is why he's your partner. And that's why he's my partner because I've learned this. Yes. And And because you chose someone that had those qualities. Totally. I'm sure you dated plenty of people that didn't have those qualities and they're not here. Right. For that exact reason. And he's like willing to step up to the plate with me every time I give him the chance to. So one of the ways that has been so great for our relationship to set those expectations, and it's not just me being flirty, is you know, the game, we're not really strangers. Yeah, we played it at Soho that day. It's so fun. Yeah. So they, obviously the original one is like a friendship game, but they have a couples edition and we got the couples edition and we were playing it every night for, I think like four or five months until we ran out of all the cards. Like we went through every single card and every night we would each pull like two or three and we would just sit down and we would talk for an hour and a half before bed, you know, and we would, Maybe it's when we're, one of us is taking a shower. The other one is reading a question or like while we're getting ready and winding down. And that was such a good way for us to just get on the same page of what the other person is looking for. And like, these are the deep things. Like the things that I was saying that you can be cutesy about, like those are flowers and good morning texts. But when it comes to the values that you're looking for in a partner, And when it comes to the long-term like standing in the relationship, I think that you need to have the deeper conversations. I don't know if I told you this the other day, but do you remember a recent situation that ended? It wasn't that recent at this point, but you you know what I'm talking about. I, that was one of the reasons it ended. We started playing one of those card games and we pulled the card and it was, what are your thoughts on marriage? And he was like, well, my thoughts on this have kind of changed. And that was the thing that spurred the whole fight, the whole fight. Oh my God. The whole argument about, I mean, and his answer was just like, not good, Yeah. but that was the, that was the thing that spurred the whole fight. Now the fight the night before had happened when he had like gotten disrespectful, which, you know, is my deal breaker. So he was, he was already on his way out. Yeah. I think at that point, it's so interesting though, because the card games like that can have a really positive or really negative effect. You can either really get on the same page with someone. You can realize that you guys do share the same morals and values or something like that can come up. And maybe we talked about that early on. And then he dead ass looked at me and was like, Oh, well, my thoughts on this have changed because X, Y, Z. And to me, I was like, bing, 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 red flag. Yeah. All of these different things that you can do really tell you a lot about a person. And it's kind of challenging to start a conversation like, okay, one of the cards is what do you define as cheating? That's a really difficult thing if you're on a date with someone to just like pull out of your back pocket without it, you know, without there being a reason, but we don't want there to come a point where 
okay, maybe your partner doesn't see cheating the same way that you do. Like maybe you see cheating as allowing someone to flirt with him at the bar. And he does that one night. And now the relationship is on the rocks because he didn't know that that was a line that you're not okay with him crossing. And maybe he thought, oh, you know, it's purely like, I didn't get the person's number or totally. I'm not going home with them. I'm Whatever just, it is, like just, you can look, but you can't touch situation. Or like, I'm just being a wingman for yeah. my gut. You know, like it's just, these card games give you the opportunity to have really valuable conversations before it's like in a position of a fight. I think it's interesting that we touched on this earlier before the podcast started. And oftentimes where there's those things, there's a pretty hard line in a lot of situations of everyone can agree certain things are cheating. Definitely. Everyone can agree certain things are crossing the line, but then there's a whole slew of other things that maybe you don't agree on Mm -hmm. or you haven't talked about. How strongly do you feel about being on the same page? For example, if obviously there's like physicality, there's emotional cheating. Like I think those things are for me at least like pretty black and white. Yeah. But say you're at a bar, Ryan's at a bar, a girl hits on him. She comes up to him at the bar. Mm -hmm. If you feel differently about that than he does, how do you bridge that gap of respect? Because to me, of course, that's kind of a, a signal. I think if you're flirting with the lines at all, we talked about earlier, you have to look inward and there's clearly an issue. You feel like there's something lacking or there's an issue or there's a reason that you're seeking seeking outside attention or validation. Totally. I think if you're genuinely happy, you don't even think anything of it. Yeah. I, I think that to like exactly what you said, it's respect. I think that if you have these conversations, you're playing this card game and you say what your expectations are in, in terms of like, let's just stay on the cheating side of, you know, the cheating card. If you tell your partner that you're not comfortable with that kind of like flirtation and then your partner does it anyways, now we're looking at a bigger issue than even him flirting with because he's disrespecting you. Yep. Everything that we're talking about today, like the reason that we're being flirty with the way that we're putting our expectations down is because we're trying to be respectful of our partner. Yes. From the very beginning. And And communicative. And complimentary and because you feel safe. Totally. And the minute you don't feel safe. Yeah. And if your partner is not giving you the same respect, then there is a much larger issue at hand. I love that. I also think it's all about communicating that expectation because when someone steps over that boundary, they're doing it knowingly. My ex that we met through, the night we had that huge game night, we had this big game night at my house and he was supposed to show up early to help. And I made my expectations very clear. He said he was going to be there. I'll be the first one there. I'll help you set up everything. I made it really clear. Like, I really want to do this together. It also sounded fun. I was like, let's do this together. It's going to be a fun experience for us. We'll host. I went out. I got all the cheese for the cheese board. I got the wine. I got the games. Like I got everything. My only ask was like, show up, hang out with me. We'll pour a glass of wine. We'll put some music on in the kitchen. We'll set everything up. He was the last one to get there. No. Absolutely not. He was the last one to get there. And that was the last time he got there too. Yeah. But so disrespectful to me because he didn't show up. And it was kind of like, made a joke about it. Like, oh, and it was, it was, oh, well, I was, I was golfing. And then I like, didn't even look at the time. It's like, okay, wait, I set the expectation for you to be here. You not only weren't here, but 
were so like careless and like didn't give a shit so much so that you didn't even look at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't even call me to tell me that you were late. It's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. And there was like three, I just remember there being like all of these checkpoints Yeah, where I was like, failed, failed, failed. Like yeah. at every checkpoint you showed me, you didn't give a shit. And if he's not going to show up for something as easy as like coming and having a good time yeah. with you and setting up game night for you and your friends, he's not going to show up when it actually matters. And to me, it, yeah, it wasn't the principle. Had you said I'm stuck in traffic or like totally. I was working, I got behind. I'm sorry. No problem. I'll handle it. I got it. But it was the fact that you went out of your way to go to the golf, go golf. Yeah. Didn't look at the time. Didn't call me to tell me when you got there. And then when I brought it up, it was completely like dismissed. Like, oh, but you look really pretty tonight. Yeah. Gaslighting you. Gaslighting the shit out of me. And I was like, cool. Thank you. But yeah, and it's also prioritizing something above you. Yes. You know, and like there's a line there too. And there's time and place for that. Like I totally recognize I'm definitely not always going to be someone's like number one priority, of course. but when you make a plan like that and, and the intention is set, that's why it's so important because now you're saying when you, when I draw this line in the sand and you jump over it, same thing when someone gets like really disrespectful, that's like a huge deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. Huge non-negotiable. If you yell, like raise your voice at me. If you call me names, if you do something like that for me, you're out period. Yeah. Done. You're done. I, I can no longer respect someone that acts like that when they're angry. If you can't fight fair with me, a relationship is never going to work because I no longer respect you now. I've been through actual abusive situations, which obviously you also know about. And I am not down at all because I know how those things can escalate, how they start and where they end. And I'm absolutely not okay with that. So for me, it's like, it's so important to set that expectation because when you do, you're saying, here's the expectation. And maybe if they disagree, you you talk it out, you talk about it, you net out someplace, but it's clear. So when they choose to fly and, you know, leap over the line and really cross a boundary and cross one of your boundaries and your non-negotiables, they're doing it willingly. This brings up a really good point. The only way to know what your expectations are. Yes. And to even communicate those expectations is to know them yourself. Yes. So like if you haven't done the internal work to know what you're looking for in a partner, if you don't know what expectations you're looking for, there's no way that you can set them and it'll be so easy to get walked all over. I think also if you don't know who you are. Totally. For me, I had to do a lot of self-work. It took years. I mean, post even post me getting divorced, like for me, that looked like therapy and journaling and really like digging into my career and and my family and spending time with my friends and, and feeling really balanced and whole on my own to understand what I wanted out of a partner. And so now I get to come from this place of really wanting someone, not needing someone. Yeah. And it's a really beautiful place, but I think a lot of people aren't used to a woman who's able to like stand in their power like that. Yeah. It's okay for those expectations to change. As you grow in your career, as you get closer to a long-term commitment like engagement and marriage, the expectations that you have then are so different than the expectations that you had at the beginning of a relationship. And I think that it's so healthy to continue journaling, going to therapy and doing the internal work to see how you need your partner to step up and grow with you. You know, like for me, journaling is the way that I kind of get to the root of what I'm looking for. Definitely. Um, But like with opening the business, I am expecting more from Ryan than I ever have, you know, whether it's helping me clean up after we have a, you know, a launch party at the studio and put the studio back together 
or if it's having him drive with me to pick up the furniture, like there are just some bigger expectations that come into play as life evolves. But it's interesting because it's like such a metaphor for other things that you'll probably have to go through together as you take on the journey of life, as cheesy as it sounds, because what you're really saying is this is how I feel supported. Yeah. And you're always going to need support. And I think if I look back on the really healthy relationships I've had, it's when I feel really supported Mm -hmm. and the really unhealthy relationships, it's because I felt super alone inside the confines of a relationship. And there's nothing more lonely than being trapped in a relationship you're unhappy in. Yeah. Being single is not lonely, in my opinion. If you like yourself, if you love yourself and you love your life, being single isn't lonely. Being trapped in the wrong scenario, very lonely. I certainly stumble and there are moments where I don't communicate and then I do get let down and then, you know, I'm mad at him and I'm not talking to him and he doesn't know why. But if I haven't communicated to him what I'm expecting, it's just as much on me as it is on him. What are some non-negotiables for you? And a partner. And a partner. Where you're at, but also like if you were dating, like what are some things I want to talk about like non-negotiables and then I want to talk about green flags. Non-negotiables, I would say someone who is going to show up for me and help clean. You know, someone who's going to try and make my day easier, especially on days that I'm having a hard day. Someone who I can talk to and communicate with. Someone who makes me laugh. Someone who does make me feel supported and uplifted and also does that for my loved ones, mm-hmm. you know, makes an effort with my family, makes an effort with my sister, my friends. I think that I, the relationships in my life are the most important thing in my life. And I need a partner who recognizes that and who's going to make that effort for my friends. Who's going to make that effort for From my a family. Genuine place too. Totally. I feel like whenever I see Ryan, he's like, okay, like what's the update? How's it going? Yeah. He like genuinely gives a shit because yeah. it matters to you too. Yeah. And it's like this like spillover effect of them feeling like that. There's a huge difference between someone that genuinely cares about your friends because they're their friends as well. And it's like this whole, this whole thing versus performative. Yeah, exactly. Like you can fucking tell too. And people are performative. One of my best friends, she lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. And when she started dating her boyfriend, there was this like gorgeous CB2 lamp that I was dying for. I wanted it so bad. And it looked like it was in like a ceramic vase and it was $200. I was just moving to Austin. I could not spend $200 on a lamp. And this man went and he made me stop like basically the CB2 lamp Damn. and sent it to me. And he did that because yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about getting engaged and they're great, but he did that because he loves her Yeah, and wanted to make a good impression on her friends. So attractive. And that's like such a good quality. And that's when you know that like you're with a good guy because he cares so much about you that he cares about your people. Definitely a green flag. Um, and like on the opposite ends, like I remember another one of my best friends, I met a guy that she was dating no longer with and like, I walked, he he was picking her up from my house at the time. I walked out to say hi, introduce myself. He could barely look me in the eye. His hand was so fucking limp when I gave him a handshake. I hate a limp handshake. I think it means limp other things too. I think that it, yeah, it's just, it's no, it a hundred percent does. I'm like big on a a man's hands. I've said this before, like joking, but like, I'm not joking. A man's hands. I love a man's hands. Everything. Like 
a sexy hand, like yeah. hands says a lot. You sent me a picture of a guy last night and I was like, oh, he has good hands. The hands. Yeah. No, good hands are mm-hmm. and like with Ryan, that's one of my favorite things the is hands. his hands. But if the man does not have a good handshake, he is not confident. He is not strong in being like, he's a boy. He's not strong in being a man. And he's not going to treat you well if you can't look at me in the eyes and like actually act like he can give me the time of day. Bye. I also think the flip is true. If a man tries way too hard with their handshake. Mm-hmm. Well, if also it's like, kind of a loser. Yeah. You know, if he's like trying to like manhandle yeah. you and like squeeze you to death. You're like, yeah. okay, ow, that hurts. Thank you, yeah. sir. Yeah. There's definitely a balance within it all. But I think that you need to trust your gut and your intuition. With what are some, things. so what are some other green flags that you would say for people to look for right now? Okay. We were kind of talking dating? about these the other day. And one green flag is if a guy like is the type of guy who would take out the trash for your mom. I love that. Kirsten talks about this a lot. Mason taking out the trash for you. She's off screen. So I'm looking at her. That's, oh, that's an expectation that I've set for Ryan. Green flag. Recently was... I'm not taking out the trash. You're taking, like, I'm just not going to do it. Like when we get married or when we live together, you're taking out the trash. Like I'll do other things. I'll do the laundry because you're not great at laundry, but you're going to take out the trash. And like every time he's at my apartment now, he's taking out the trash. We also live in this really interesting time where we are ebb and flowing lines. Totally. um, Between who does what in relationships. I think back in the day, there was this really like, Women do this, men do this. It's very much not that way now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like very much more modern and less traditional than it used to be. But it's interesting because what I have been really working on lately is having a more untraditional relationship in some ways like that, but carrying certain traditional things through. Like I still want a man that's a gentleman. I want you to lift my fucking suitcase mm-hmm. up above my head on the airplane. I don't oh my God. Why? It. Why would you? I want you to open my door. Yeah. I still want you to be masculine and I still want to be feminine. You're going to put me on the inside of the sidewalk if we're walking together. I still want to be feminine too, but it's interesting because it does present different dynamics in 2023 going in 2024 than it did in the day that came with other things. So it's like interesting to navigate with your partner. What is actual masculinity versus like being just toxic masculinity? Toxic. Yeah. And I do think that it's also almost the pendulum has swung to the other side Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of men are just boys are okay with women just doing everything. And I also think that they're like low key scared to open a woman's door. Cause like, Oh, I don't want you to tell me like I can open my own door. And it's like, for me, this is a whole other conversation, but for me, it's like this balance of, I still want to feel feminine, but I don't want to be like barefoot in the fucking kitchen, you know, cooking and cleaning for you every day. Yeah. So how do we, how do we navigate that? Navigate that. I think, I that's think that it's, yeah, it, it's laying down the expectations because it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. You know, like I love to cook. I yeah. love to bake. I want to be doing that stuff, but I would like for you to clean up the dishes after me. I love a man that can do dishes. You know? I actually love cooking too, but I want someone that can ebb and flow with me. For me, totally. I love to make someone a meal. It makes me feel good. I love to have the house looking amazing. And I want like all the candles lit and you to feel really good when you come in. Like that makes me really happy. But there may be days when I'm working late and I'm exhausted and I would love it if you could cook for me that night. Yeah. Or if you can go and grab takeout and have it there and just say like, hey, I know you're super busy. I got you. Yeah. Like I want to feel... Like I have a true partner in that sense. Not like if I can't do something one day, the ball gets dropped. 
recently Ryan and I have like kind of moved into a new stage in our relationship. We're looking at engagement rings. We're talking about getting married. And obviously with that comes more expectations. And so we're reading this book. It's called The Defining Decade. And it kind of breaks down your relationship life, your you know, work life, all of these different pillars that we have in life. And it's the whole premise of the book is that your thirties are not your new twenties, that you need to be intentional in your twenties. And like, if you're not intentional in your twenties and then you just meet the first, you marry the first guy you meet when you're 30, because you feel like you need to do it. You're just as fucked as you would have been if you just like married someone. I preach this all the time. Like I think societal timelines are total bullshit. Yeah. If you just do something without that intentionality, I mean, yeah, I'm obviously I'm divorced. We all know that. So it's like, yeah, you have to be intentional. Wake so up. in the relationship section of the book, there's a chapter that's 29 conversations for you to have with your partner. And those 29 questions or conversations, I think one of them goes into what does a day, like I get home from a hard day at work. Mm. What do I need from my partner at when I get home? You know, So it's 29 really in-depth, really important conversations where you're able to set these expectations of what you need in a life partner, you know? And like some of these things might be things that you learn just through doing life together while you're dating. But a lot of them are like, okay, do, do we believe in divorce? And what would lead to divorce? Do we feel like if one of our parents got sick, we would up and move. Would you move for my job? You know, Mm. so these really tough conversations that a lot of times you don't have until you're in the moment. Goes back to intentionality. That's so true. It goes back to getting ahead of it. If you have these conversations before you do get a a promotion that is moving you to Kansas city. I love that. You know how you're going to handle it when it comes up. Sounds like everyone needs to buy that book. If you're in that stage where you're like either about to get engaged or maybe honestly, even you're already married because at the end of the day, you, you wonder for me, we never had the conversation of, well, what, what happens if your parent passes away? Yeah. Maybe your partner can show up better for you if they have the emotional tools. Obviously, if you just don't have the emotional tools, you can't ask someone to be what, what they just are not. If they're not willing to put in the work, but you're giving yourself a hell of a lot better of a chance at, going through something if you have that expectation, but how would you ever have that expectation until you start to think outside of the box and ask yourself questions or bring up scenarios that you have yet to encounter? Yeah. And the author of the book, she is a therapist who she put together these conversations based off of things that her clients came into her having issues about in their relationships. I love that. So it's really good. I mean, I I fully just think that intentionality is one of the most important things you can have in a relationship and like setting down those expectations is the only way to get what you're looking for. I want to flip the script and see if you have questions for me about this topic because in general dating and I feel like you being like someone in my inner circle is different than the type of questions that someone would ask me if they aren't in my inner circle. And I also want to start with asking you, who do you think the perfect like person for me is going to be? Describe that person, knowing me the way that you know me, who do you see me with? I think it needs to be someone who is strong in his masculinity, but he knows when he needs to like take the foot off the gas a little bit. Someone who's humble 
someone who's good with Kinsley. I think humble is like the number one thing that we're looking for right now. I think that you have found a lot of really strong personalities and like, I do think that you need that. Like, I do think that you need someone who can step up and like banter with you and like can feel equal to you, but you also need someone who knows when to step back and let you have the spotlight and someone who cares for other people more than they do themselves. Cause I think that a lot of times the men that you have been with, the ego is just like overpowering. Overpowering ego. It's interesting too, because I think I, this is a new recent learning for me. We're always learning and evolving guys. For me recently, I learned, I think I was perceiving certain people as confident, Mm -hmm. but it was really a high level of insecurity. Yeah. They were presenting so confident because that's what they were trying to show. And then it would quickly unravel. And I would realize that, wait, they're actually really insecure, which is why they presented that way. So I'm in the era of like, I want someone that's just so kind and, and genuinely nice and humble and just a good fucking person without being boring. I think you need someone that I have to walk without being boring. I think that you need someone who is successful and like someone who doesn't know how to take a selfie. Like, I feel like if a man is taking a selfie, when they're like, I don't know how to send you a picture. You're like, great. If, if a man is taking a selfie, like at the gym, probably red flag. If, if they're taking the selfie taking, too well. If he's like making a TikTok of himself, like flipping his hair. Stop. I want someone that's successful because to me that I've swung so far the other direction where I was like, oh, if, if you're not successful or money or this or that, like, I don't need that. It's gone so, like too far the other direction where I do need you to be successful. You don't need to be like, as far along in your career as me or as successful in certain, right? Like from, I don't need us to like net out equal per se, yeah. but I need you to be ambitious and enjoy what you do and have drive because I hate lazy people. Can I get canceled for saying I hate lazy people? Hmm. It's true. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. No, you can't be canceled anymore. That's true. I think we're also living in an era of uncancelability hot take. I feel like people just have decided not to get canceled and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, you know, lazy people can be fine, but not you, not for you. For who are lazy people fine? (laughs) (laughs) You would not stand one day with a lazy person. Absolutely not. No, absolutely. I'm not, you have a lazy Saturday, Sunday, have your nap, whatever, but like eternally lazy is a whole other issue. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I want you to be successful because it's not about, I don't need to be on a jet somewhere, but I want you to be successful because you are driven and you have like a sense of ownership and like enjoyment of what you do. It can't be like coming from a shallow place because I do what I do because I enjoy helping people as cheesy as it sounds. I enjoy what I do because I want to, there was a time, there was a time when I felt like I was throwing my hands up. I got a little bit and I was like, Hey, I don't want to be the poster child for a dead dad. I don't want to be the poster child for divorce. Yeah. I don't want to be the poster child for being a single mom. I don't want to be the poster child for all of this stuff that no one wants to talk about. Why do I have to talk about all this? I don't want to talk about it either. And I think I realized a lot of the reason that I have the platform that I have is because I hope that I can, someone can take something positive away from my experiences too. Mm -hmm. Maybe they feel a little bit less alone. 
or maybe they learned something that they're taking forward. Maybe they dumped some loser that they were dating. Maybe they read my blog post about grief and it helped them get through the passing of someone that they truly love and care about. Maybe, I don't know. Right. But instead of when I flip my perspective from like, I don't want to be the poster child for all this stuff that nobody wants to deal with. I don't want to deal with it either. It was like, how can I help people through what I've gone through? Mm -hmm. Because if I've gone through it, other people have too. Yeah. It's recognizing that you're not alone in what you're feeling and giving people that same feeling of having a community of people who are going through the same thing. Cause isn't that really what's life, what life is all about? That point of connection with human beings. Yes. So I think I need someone that gets that or has, there needs to be a little bit more of an underlying reason as to why. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like someone who's not going to be jealous of what you've done. I don't know if you've experienced that, but like, that's something that I worry about for you is someone feeling like, I mean, you went through a breakup where someone threw what you do in your face. Yeah. And for someone to throw what you're doing in your face, they have to feel so low about themselves and what they're doing. And you need to be with someone who feels very sure and like comfortable with themselves. Enjoy their own things. That's why I always say I don't need the person to be like a millionaire making a lot of money. Like it really doesn't matter to me. I just want you to have purpose and drive. Okay. You asked me if I have any questions for you. I think that we kind of touched on it at the beginning that I have, I kind of use this like sweet side to get what I'm looking for from a partner And like, I also want to emphasize that that like comes off very manipulative. It happens in a very natural way, organic, a very organic way. And like, if you genuinely like your partner and you mean what you're saying, it's not a manipulative thing. You know, like you genuinely want them to feel good about what they did while also wanting them to know that you liked it so much you want it again. So I think that it's important to like recognize that it doesn't have to feel slimy if you're doing it, if you genuinely feel it, you know, you are a little bit spicier. spicier. Can we kind of dive into what that looks like for you and how showing that spicy side can be like, where does that come into play in a positive way? I think early on banter, yeah, being spicy with my banter. I think I've always had a lot of success doing that because people can see kind of right off the bat that I'm able to be funny and witty and not take life so seriously sometimes. And that can be like a really funny, playful banter that we have, which I think can also be great for comic relief in harder times too. I think like there's something really fun and playful about some comic relief when shit's hitting the fan Yeah, and having that spicy, like I can get through anything mindset has been really great as far as creating an overall perspective, because I think I don't let little things bother me or get to me because I've gone through so much in my life. And I'm sure a lot of the, you know, me being spicy here and there, it has, it's a double-edged sword, just like being sweet is, I suppose. But for me, those are some ways I feel like it's been really positive is I've been able, I'm able to be really resilient with that mindset. Just thinking about my experience dating before I got into a long-term relationship, I think sometimes when you are naturally more on the sweet side, you give people excuses for when they don't meet 
expectations. Yeah. And I think that allowing yourself to tap into that spicy side and like recognize when someone's not showing up and not put up with it is so positive. And it's something that I could have used four or five years ago. And frankly, for me too, whenever I feel like out of alignment a little bit with who I am, or if I'm not being true to who I am and really like standing in that and standing my ground are, those are the times when I've let situations go too far, too long yeah, without cutting them off in recent times. And there's a, there's a way, there's a huge difference between being kind of like spicy and flirty and funny and just being an asshole, obviously major difference. But if you're able to kind of be funny with how you present things sometimes, because what you said earlier was actually even a little spicy. We were like, man, I can't wait for my good morning text tomorrow. Like I would say something like that too. Yeah. Because what you're really saying is, Hey, you're not sending me a good morning text and I want one. Yes. And you know, it's kind of funny to be like, Hey, really can't, I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. And then they're gonna be like, okay, damn, I'm putting up, I'm like picking up what you're putting down. Got it. Yeah. I think that it is this like flirtatious banter. That's like, whether they're doing it or not, there's a way to kind of like nudge it and be like, Hey baby, I loved it when you did that. Or like you could do it on the opposite side and you could be like, Oh my God, I, I love it when you do that, but they haven't yeah. done it in a month. And see, that's like, more what I would do. Like yeah. see, say he's walking to his car and he like opens his own door. I'm like, get in the car. And I'm like, I love it when you open my door. Yes. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm supposed to open your door rather than like, Hey, you didn't open my door. Yes, exactly. So like there's a way to do yes. it. That's like funny and silly. And like, you're not like berating them for totally. not like matching up, but it's also like being like, wait, you didn't meet what I'm expecting here. So and I do think it next time. There's something really empowering about knowing who you are, knowing what you want and being ready to cut a cord when it's very clearly not going to happen with mm-hmm. the, with that person. Yeah. There's a huge difference in just like bailing on the situation immediately versus saying, Hey, I've observed this long enough to understand that this person isn't going to be able to, they're not a good fit for me. Yeah. It's recognizing time to that compatibility. Yeah. Time to cut. And I also think that as you get older and you date more, it's easier and easier to do that. Like I'm just thinking back to myself before I was ever in a relationship. Like Ryan's my first boyfriend. And just wild because I feel like you guys have such a good, healthy, but you guys have really just communicated through so many things like at every turn. Yeah. And also how you started was like having the friendship. But I also, I think that because I didn't date a lot, like I went on dates, but I never had a boyfriend. I think I had a lot of time to think through what I was looking for. Whereas I think a lot of people when they're dating, when they're young, they're getting burned when they're young. And I never did. So I was able to think a lot about what I wanted and I never had anyone really tell me that I didn't deserve it. So I never got stung enough to be scared to ask for it. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think even if people are telling you that what you're asking for is too much, unless you're really just like off, off your rocker and you haven't done your own self-work, usually it's just because maybe they're not the person to give it to you. Totally agree. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I just mean like even just at a young age, it can yeah, be really challenging. I didn't have the trauma mm-hmm. that, you know. But anyways, it, it's definitely something that I could have used though, is that spice of like Speaking knowing of when. Spicy. One more thing before we wrap this up. Are there any ways within the confines of your relationship that you guys like keep it spicy? Are there any like specific things that you do or places you go? like you were saying the card games, like, is there anything that you do to keep it interesting so you don't get bored? 
That's a really good question. I mean, I love, yeah, there's definitely some things that we've done. Um, Spill the tea. <laughs> mom and dad can't listen to this episode. <laughs> okay. Ali's mom and dad, this is your cut. We, we're so glad you're here. Bye for everybody else. Yeah, um, Let's get into it. I really love like temperature play. You know, I like. Oh, okay. I think it's really fun to just experiment with like new ice things. and heat. And yes. okay. Like ice is really fun. And like wax is really fun for the Ooh, heat. Okay. Candle. Candle. Okay. But you have to get specific candles. Okay. Well, so can we put those in the description? Yeah. I really love like dressing up for him. Fun. I think that going on dates is a really fun way. Dates to, in and of themselves can be sexy. So sexy. Because it's just, you're getting out of your normal routine. It's so easy to get into this like mundane work after work you're cooking you're cleaning you go put your show on you go to bed it's like rinse repeat like yeah. I will I get so bored yeah so you really have to being intentional again about really switching it up and communicating through all of it yeah because even when it comes to sleeping with someone hooking up with someone like when you're dating them the beginning should be the worst mm-hmm. in essence and then like you it should get better and better because you're communicating through things consistently yeah the beginning is fun just because it's like new the and beginning. exciting, but it should still be good. It should the, still be good, but like it should get better. But like the actual feeling of it, it only gets better because yeah. someone can only learn more about what you like and know you more on a deeper level. And like that yeah. point of, again, compatibility and yeah. connection, like, and I think playing into that when you are hooking up with your partner is always so fun. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, I need Ryan on an episode. I'm like, yeah, how much do I air out there? Yeah. But I think that just playing into that intimacy is really special. And like every year for Christmas and his birthday and Valentine's Day, I'll like get a certain lingerie set and I'll take Polaroid pictures of myself oh, in the lingerie. And he has this book that I gave him with all of like, I've been doing this since before we were like officially together. And he just has like years of like these photos cool. that are just, you know. You're probably going to have a sick, what do they call it? Like boudoir or yes, whatever. Yes, boudoir. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. For him at the wedding. Yeah, definitely. I but I just think that doing things for your partner and a lot of what that we talked about on this episode was what you want from your partner and like how to get what you want. But it is a give and a take. And like, well, I think you can't expect to get what you want if you're not also giving, giving what they want. Totally. So you do definitely have to have that balance. And like you said, it's not manipulative. It's just approaching things from a different angle. Yeah. Knowing that you want to get, you want to net out at a certain spot together as a couple. Yeah. If you're dating someone, like, obviously. I love Ryan. I want him to be satisfied. Just like I want him totally. to, I want him to want me to be satisfied, mm -hmm. you know? And if these little things that I can do are going to make him feel special and excited and keep things fun, then like, of course. Or even make him feel respected through a difficult conversation. If he really totally. fucks up and does something that you don't like, still being able to maintain the boundaries of a like fairly positive yeah. and healthy communication to get through those things. Like I think for me, obviously you guys know that's one of my number one non-negotiables. If you can't fight fair, because you're going to fight. Mm -hmm. You're going to disagree. And if you can't do that in a productive and like still kind way, yeah. you've got a big problem. You know, I think that's something that we do really well is like, to your point, we never raise our voices with each other. 
it's maybe happened once mm-hmm. and it, I barely remember if it did, but it might, it might have one time. I like to journal if I'm upset with him before I bring it up with him, because I think that the way that you communicate how you're feeling is so important. You're digesting it first yourself too, instead of being reactive. Yes. Like if you just react to a situation, you're going to say things that you're not proud of. And you might say things just to hurt your partner because you're hurting. Also, you're going to say things that may not make sense because you haven't really thought through it and you're just blubbering. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just feel like if we are like going through a point of contention, journaling about it, really understanding how I feel before I bring it up to him is like the best way for us to like work through it. Well, thank you for being on the second ever episode of Courtside with Courtney. This was so much fun. Hopefully you guys got a lot of good takeaways and we'll see you guys in episode number three. Don't forget to subscribe, download the episodes, follow along. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.